All right, and welcome into episode nine of the NTTB podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex, joined as always with my co-host, Anthony. What's up, y'all? And we are some sore, sad souls, man. So just a little background. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 35 myself. Anthony over here is 32. And so sometimes on Saturday, we like to go up to the city and and hit, hit up a gym and maybe play a little bit of basketball here or there. But today, uh, there was only 10 players out there. Um, so we literally had the gym for about two hours, and we played for two hours straight. Yeah, basically a best of seven. Yeah, basically a best of seven. There was 10-minute quarters, and there's about five, you know, five to seven minutes in between every quarter. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm, I, I haven't felt this way in a long time. And, you know, I'm not – I'm not 15 anymore, man. I'm not, you know, I'm not 21. I came out of there, my shoulder, you know, I'm thinking I need shoulder surgery. <laughs> you know, I can't walk. My feet don't feel right. It just reminds me that I need to get to the gym. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah not just one time a week. Yeah, not just one time a week. This, oh, this needs to become a regular thing. This is this is the saddest podcast we, we, we've ever done, man. You know, I'm tired right now, but uh-huh. tomorrow is when I'm going to be sick. Oh, I know. I've already, you know, I've already downed a, a Motrin trying to head it off but i know tomorrow i'm gonna be feeling horrible um so as always you're listening to the unofficial official pod thunder podcast yeah as always uh so we uh not a lot happening this is, it kind of makes it a little bit difficult for podcasters uh to talk about something when nothing is happening with that something this is uh this is the point in time that i guess a uh, radio host and and bomani jones always talks about trying to make up stories in order to fill the time oh yeah you make up stories or you know you know what would hoodie mellow what would hood hoodie mellow uh what was his nba rating what would his rating be on 2k (laughs) yeah so we're at that point in this season but i mean a little bit of thunder news did happen so number one first thing um i mean the bovado the uh the internet basically betting service yeah it's a, it's a sports betting website yeah sports betting website based out of las las vegas uh so they released their mvp odds for this upcoming season and so 2017 2018 odds yeah so your leader is your current reigning mvp uh russell westbrook um and he's he's at see, plus 400 plus 400 and yeah, I have no idea what that means. I don't, I'm not a gambler. I, I don't. I don't bet on games. I don't bet on prop bets or anything like that. Um, but so I'm, I'm looking at another thing. I guess when you convert those numbers, it's seven to two odds. Um, and Kevin Durant is second on that list, and he's getting he's receiving nine to two odds. So that's uh, plus four fifty. Sure. Okay. For all those betters out there. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> one of these days, I may try to look into that, but I've no. I you know I've I've no. I have no desire to start betting, start losing my money because yeah. I'd probably be horrible at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So so Durant's number two. Kawhi's number three at thirteen to two. That's five fifty. Plus sure. Five fifty. Uh, LeBron fifteen to two. That's plus seven fifty. And then I mean number five is James Harden, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and eliminate him based off of the Daryl Morey um, compromise that he brought out there. Yeah. That- saying that awards NBA awards have. Uh, should be eliminated. Yes, they are counterintuitive to the team. Yes. But Harden's number five. And then your boy at number six, yeah. Giannis Antetokounmpo. The dark horse. We'll see, man. I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how 
Giannis plays because he's he's an he's an athletic freak as far yeah. as NBA you know bodies and things of that nature go. But and the East is very much open for him to take over. Yeah, but if if his shot is not right, he's still going to have the same struggles he's always had. Um, so so we'll see how that goes. Steph at number was it number seven? seven. Anthony Davis at number eight. Paul George. At number nine, and then Chris Paul at number ten. Okay, see the one I'm looking at is a little bit different. It has actually Isaiah Thomas at number nine, uh, Paul George at number ten, and Chris Paul at eleven. Well, tied for tenth uh, with uh, Paul George. Yeah, there's I guess there's th- there's one, two, three of them. So yeah, all three of them are at twenty five to one odds. Yeah. So so basically, you know, they they round up the the top ten. So Isaiah Thomas, Chris Paul, and Paul George. And so my question to you is we just got we just got through with a Russell Westbrook MVP season. Mm-hmm. And this was an outlier of a season. This was a you know as number 1 um the Thunder finished 6th in the Western Conference. I don't know what the stat is, but I I think only one time has a has a player that has not finished in the top 3 in his conference won the MVP before. Um, so that's number one. Number two, it was a historic year. You know, triple doubles, forty-two triple doubles, um, averaging a triple double for the entire season, so on and so forth. So that's to me, it was an MVP season, well deserved, um, but it was an outlier of a season. So my question to you is, what would a normal Russell Westbrook MVP season look like? Because if he goes into this season and he plays exactly how he did last season, it's not going to be very successful because he has better players around him. Yeah, he has so more he, shooters available. Yeah, he's, he has more. She has more talent. He has a lot more talent, a lot more uh, veteran talent. Um, so he needs to, you know, to be successful, he may have to pull a little bit back and get others involved, which. He tried to do that last year. I mean, the man averaged, what, 10.3 assists per game. So he, he was passing the ball. Um, but he had to create so much. He had to do so much of that on his own. So what does a regular Russell Westbrook MVP season look like? Not a historic outlier, just a regular one. Yeah, so very, so much of his MVP season was based off the triple-double and chasing history. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guess is that a regular season, um, non-historical MVP season for trip, uh, for Russell Westbrook, it's going to be very similar to Kevin Durant's, you know, averaging 25 points, eight rebounds, you know, five assists maybe. But uh, I think what's going to seal it for him is end of the game or memorable clutch shots. Yeah. My my thinking is, so, so just looking at stats, so – I'm looking kind of back to LeBron James's. How many MVPs did he did he win in a row? LeBron he, did he win like he three in a two. row? Two in a row. He won two, lost, then won it again, lost, and then won one more. Okay, so he's got four. I think he's got four. Yeah. Okay, so his MVP seasons have always been like twenty-eight points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Mm-hmm. So I think a regular Westbrook season would probably be him being a point guard about twenty-six points. I say his I say his his rebounds go down to about seven point five. Mm-hmm. Let's say seven point five rebounds and about eleven point five or more assists so per game. So you think he's gonna need more up up the ante in the assists? No. The thing that the thing that gets him an MVP this season, if he repeats, 
is team success. This is definitely going to be the team success mm-hmm. MVP. So if you know if, if the Thunder somehow not only finish number two in the West, but finish you know well ahead of Houston or San Antonio right. or whoever's number three, and he has a great season, then definitely I could see you know him getting another MVP. Again, this is <clears throat> assuming that nobody else has any type of historic yeah, season. Yeah, and so you got Bob Pettit in nineteen fifty five, nineteen fifty six. He won the first ever MVP award. Mm-hmm. Um, his St. Louis Hawks were sixth out of eight teams. There we go. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1975-1976. His Lakers were tied for ninth out of 18 teams with a record of 40-42. and And then Moses Malone twice for Houston uh, with below 60% win percentage. percentage. Yeah, so... So, I mean, he... Oh, and I'm sorry, Bob McAdoo for the Buffalo Braves in 74-75. Yeah, so... But I'm pretty sure, number one, either the MVP race was very weak... Those years, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure all those players put up crazy numbers. Yeah, you know? they said uh, of the 61 MVPs to date, of course this was up until last year, so 62. Mm-hmm. 39 played for teams that with the year's biggest regular season record, and 23 of them won uh, the season championship. That yeah, same so year. a lot of times team success is tied into the MVP, and so I think if Westbrook were to go ahead and repeat, that would definitely be a big part of it. Would be team success. So definitely can't finish sixth again. No, year. no, definitely can't finish sixth. And I, you know, honestly, you you finish third behind again James Harden. Let's say Houston gets second and he finishes third, uh, or the Thunder finish third. I, I think once again you're not you're not going to see Westbrook repeating. No, and I think it's going to be very hard for James Harden to be second place again or in the in the in the competition because now he has Chris Paul. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think and his, I think Chris Paul is going to take away from James Harden's mm-hmm. MVP caliber abilities. I, I think, I mean, I think you kind of get the same situation with Westbrook with Paul George. I mean, the usage, you know, the the amount of time that he has the ball in his hands and is, has the ability to score, has the ability to do whatever, goes down hopefully with Paul George on the team. Yeah, but I think the difference is is that. Uh, much like KD was the finisher the year that he won the MVP mm-hmm. to Russell Westbrook, I think Russell Westbrook is going to be the finisher to Paul George yeah. and this Oklahoma City and team. Think- so, so a lot of the times, those things that like, at least spark the debate or put you in that conversation uh-huh. are memorable shots, clutch shots that yeah. stick out in people's minds, and that put you know, leapfrogs you into the conversation, and then from there you maintain it there. So I think Westbrook is going to have – a couple of those, and that's going to jump him into a lot. Besides the fact that he's the reigning MVP, mm-hmm. that's going to jump him into the conversation of um, MVP for those clutch shots. Yeah, in spite I, of Paul George being there. I mean, that's true. I mean, you look at you know you you look at moments basically when it comes to an MVP campaign, and I always go back to that you know that that run of about a month where he basically willed the Thunder into about five or six wins. You know, so you had the Orlando game where he shot that crazy, you know, off-balance three-pointer to tie it, and right. then he won Send it in it overtime. overtime yeah. You had the Denver game that, you know, where he got the, the 42nd triple-double, and then he hit the game-winning shot. So you had those moments. Um, so, you know, moments. The Denver one was where he was double-teamed. They knew he was getting the ball. He was double-teamed, and he still shot it, right? No, that's I mean, well, I mean that's the one where uh, where Stephen Adams got it on the inbound, oh, okay, and just yeah, passed yeah. it back to yeah, him, yeah. and he shot it from like thirty five feet, thirty eight feet. Um, but yeah, you know, so any any so let me ask you this: so I found it kind of interesting that Paul George finished you know ninth in this list, you know you know eight through basically nine, ten, eleven. 
Um, so, any chance maybe Paul George, maybe maybe he he plays a little bit differently while he's here. Oh yeah, there's a de- there's a definite chance that Paul George jumps into the MVP conversation, or at least he finishes higher up yeah. in the in the um, MVP conversation based on if his performance and the fact that he's going to be playing with other elite talent for the first time in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely, if he comes out and takes advantages of it, that can put him in the conversation. Yeah, I guess, I guess and it could potentially be a two race, a two team, uh, two person race, and those two people be on the same team. Oh, that. That would be interesting. That'd be very interesting, yeah. But, uh, but I could definitely see, you know, with Westbrook taking much of the attention, much of the attention on the on the floor, that maybe you get Paul George that's just getting so many open jumpers and so many so much space basically um, that he's able to operate at an optimum level. Yeah, you know, his even production much, even just, much more than he did at Indiana. Yeah, his production just jumps. There's so many more opportunities for him because everybody's focusing on the uh, reigning MVP that, yeah, it could could propel him into MVP candidacy. And I, I'm, I can I can definitely see Durant, you know, putting his his name in there also. I mean, he's he's got one year of, you know, learning the warrior system under his belt already. He won the finals MVP. He's won a championship. All that pressure that he had on him goes away kind of faded away yeah. kind of faded away so I, I think he comes into this season nothing to lose because he's already got his championship hey you know maybe he's he goes off maybe he goes crazy over there at the bay yeah but he could also have the championship hangover yeah that's true too yeah that's usually a team thing but yeah I right can, but i, I mean but him personally the team has been there before mm-hmm. they've been there this is the first time well yeah the, second time the war the, war, the first win for him in the nba finals and he could yeah. be writing that in all the way into the into the new year that's true that's that's very true i mean the the warriors he did could not have a slow starter i i guess let's just say a slow start yeah the warriors didn't have a a, a championship hangover the next season the first championship right. and they had the 73 win season after that um but yeah definitely it's you know it's gonna be fun as far as the race goes and you never know you know never you never know a, a dark horse would come in there Giannis or um you know, somebody like that. Maybe LeBron has the, one of those seasons where he just says, "You know what, YOLO." I mean, you know, I'm going to yeah. go ahead and score all the points and do everything that I can. Yeah, I think LeBron's days of probably. MVPs are over. Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, we say that. that 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 not that he's still not the greatest player of this generation, mm-hmm. or not that he's just a, a freak that puts up basically twenty eight, eight and eight yeah. for the last five seasons. But I, I just think he's over it. Not you know, he's he's got other focuses and. Yeah. You know, there comes a point in time, uh, even with Jordan, you know, where people are just the, the they're narrative. just kind of over it. They're just yeah. kind of ready for somebody else to step in there. But I think I think with with LeBron, LeBron won him so early in his career that I think maybe the narrative now could be it could be different. It could be different than Jordan. Yeah, you know, Jordan won his around around twenty eight to thirty two, thirty three. He won you know most of his MVPs, and so I think with LeBron. I think if he has a season to where he surprisingly leads Cleveland, you know, to a, an excellent record in the East above, you know, above Boston, um, I could definitely see. Here's where I see LeBron jumping back into the MVP race. Wow! If Steph Curry comes out on fire and is the early front runner, uh-huh. I think that kind of will spark. And you know, of course, as the conversation goes, okay, maybe maybe LeBron's time is over. This is Curry's league now. Mm. I think that. You know, because I mean, they were close. You know, then um, from what, from all appearances, it seems like um, just kind of when 
they started putting Curry over LeBron or saying he was, you know, kind of took it a little personally yeah, yeah, and, personal. and their friendship took a toll. And I mean, I'm sure they're still friends or whatever, but, you know, kind of, you know, so I think that might light a fire into LeBron and he might just go off. I, 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 but I think I think for the writers to vote for uh-huh. him for MVP, I think he just has to, like, completely obliterate everything. I don't think that person's Curry anymore. I think that person's Durant. You think so? Oh, yeah. I think that person's Durant. And I think Durant is kind of sticking it to him, too, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun to see to see where this goes as far as the MVP race this season. Um, so our old friend Anthony Morrow, he decided to go ahead and show up in Oklahoma City. I guess he was at this gala at this March of Dimes sports headliners banquet. Mm-hmm. Um, Amo, yeah, Amo, good old Amo. He played here for oh, was it three, two and a half seasons, two and a half seasons, and then he yeah. got traded last year to Chicago. And so he's currently an unrestricted free agent. He hasn't been signed by any anybody. And so I thought, you know, I thought he was here maybe by chance as, you know, he's going to sign a contract or so maybe right. something non-guaranteed or something to that respect. But he was just here for that March of Dimes thing. Um, but I, I guess so that kind of got me thinking. If there was a roster spot to open up on the team, we got most of it already settled in. Mm-hmm. Would you want to sign somebody like Morrow? Maybe a, a sharpshooter? Off the bench. Maybe Morrow from four or five years ago. Yeah. Not Morrow now. I mean, I I, I like Anthony Morrow. I think, mm-hmm. first of all, that guy, his ability to shoot with, like, the ball at his head and never even bring it down and be accurate That's was crazy. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but he just he just doesn't have that anymore. And, you know, in the two and a half years that he was here, he struggled to get on the floor because he was inconsistent. He's inconsistent. It always seems like yeah, it always and well, yeah, defensively too, he was a liability. But it always seems like some of those times when we go out and get those sharpshooters that are you know just teetering on the verge of you know being past their prime or just kind of mm-hmm. uh, past their expiration date, uh, they just never seem to work out. When they, you know, yeah. a la Anthony Morrow, a la Kyle Singler, Derek Fisher, Derek Fisher. Yeah. Although Fishy Fish came in and gave us some. Some other things, but yeah, I think Fisher just—he looked like he can play defense. Right. Like he got that in that stance, and it just looked like he could play defense. I think a lot of veteran leadership of a lot of, you know, you know, that was back when the the guys were a real lot of young. intangibles. Yeah, yeah, were real young, and so they looked up to him and said, "Hey, this guy's been there. This guy's won championships, so on and so forth." Kind of like Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, Morrow, I, I don't think, I think as a number fifteen guy, sure, why not? Um, but yeah, if, if you're if you have a roster spot, there's probably somebody better that you can get, or you know, just leave it open and see what happens at a trade deadline and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, but hey, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a sucker for uh, you know he's a good guy. I, I'm he a was... sucker for the past sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah, nostalgia. And I know he, he's a great interview, and he's he's a great locker room guy. You know, he's he's one of the best people mm-hmm. in the yeah. NBA. He's a really good guy. Yeah, so. It would have been awesome to have him back, but you know, at the same time, I know this this team has moved past that. They have shooters themselves, and so, um, you know, best of luck to Anthony Morrow moving forward. But I don't think it's going to be here. Um, so, a video popped up about it was around Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, I saw this. That showed Melo, LeBron, KD. You know, they all were working out at this gym. I think in New York. Yeah, well, KD was opening up a. He opened up a uh, basketball court in New York, so yeah. But I think this is the place where Melo trains, right, in New York, right. And so 
I guess, you know, just spur just of the moment. pickup game. Hey, LeBron, you want to grab a plane and come over here to New York? Or, hey, KD, you're here in town. Let's... And so they all rolled up to the same gym. And guess who else was there? Who's that? Oh, Ennis Cantor was there. <laughs> that and, must have been an interesting conversation between KD and Ennis Cantor. Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, I, I would love to hear whether they actually spoke, whether they, you know, whether Cantor was like, hey, man, I was just joking around with you, man. <laughs> I hope you don't take anything seriously. Um, but, you know, they, they released like this little highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they showed, you know, Mellow, Hoodie Mellow, Hoodie Mellow dropping, you know, 27 footers they showed kd you know driving to the basket they showed lebron with some dunks so on and so forth the only highlight from ns Cantor was horrible pick and roll defense and i know this isn't i know this is not a full court pressure kind of thing well, no but i know it's not a it's not an nba game this is not you know this is street ball basically that they were playing but whoo that's about the only highlight they got and i know i know highlights don't really tell you the whole story he could have been grabbing rebounds and dunking and putbacks and doing his little up and under and so on and so forth. But, yeah, the the uh, the weaknesses of Ennis Cantor still remain. Well, you know, I, I'm i glad that he's not one of our anchors in our defensive strategy. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just a pickup game. They're having fun. You mm-hmm. know, ain't nobody trying to injure each other out there. Yeah. So, you know, it was cool video to see like, you know, kind of like behind the curtains to see like mm-hmm. these guys in this in this NBA. You know, all these guys are friends. They all grew up playing AAU basketball yeah. and stuff like that. So it's good to see that even, you know, different teams, you know, even whatever goes on through the season, these guys during the off season still just kind of you know, play pickup basketball like you and I do. The only difference is they have um <laughs> medical staff yeah. Uh, training facilities, uh, hyper, hyperbolic chambers. And I, I think they're in shape. Yeah. <laughs> they're also in NBA shape. Um, it's kind of different than what we are. So they, they probably don't feel as hurt as we do. You know you know what I need? You remember that bath in – you've seen Wanted, right? Uh-huh. With McAvoy and, yeah, Jen, and yeah, Angelina the, the, Jolie. The, uh, the wax bath that they – Yeah. Really, that oh, they, yes. Yeah. I need that right now. I need to get inside that wax bath and then <laughs> just sit there for a couple hours and just come back out and just be rejuvenated. So that's basically it for Thunder News, man. It's, this week has been real, real slow, real, you know, it's been real slow around the whole NBA. No, nothing really big popping up. You, you, you're not really seeing anything as far as the Kyrie Irving trade or, you know, anything like that. He, he's still on Cleveland, and apparently they, they talked. You know, he was in Miami, and LeBron was in Miami. And Did they, they talk? I they, thought they I, had a heart to heart. I guess is and, it. I I thought I read that they didn't even speak to each other while they were in the same area. You know that GM, the the Cleveland GM Altman. He's he's probably hoping that they talked and hashed everything out. And yeah, I don't think m- anything happens till December on that. Game. I don't think so either. You know, um, but I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll, it's it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting to see who blinks first, whether Cleveland blinks first or whether Kyrie says, "Look, get me out of here. I don't care where." I I just want to get out of here, you know, because Cleveland holds the holds the cards in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like Kyrie has a no trade clause. He holds the card. Yeah. You know, Cleveland holds the cards on this one, so yeah. they can trade him to, you know, they could trade him to Charlotte. They could trade him to some place that maybe Cleveland Atlanta. gets a good. Yeah, <laughs> Cleveland gets a good return. And, yeah, and you know the other and the other team just gets Kyrie. Yeah. And how is it that you know um, his agent failed him? How is it that he doesn't have? He's he's on the books for two more years. Who? Kyrie is on the books for two more years in how his did, contract. How does his agent fail him? How does he not have that last year uh, opt out? 
Oh, the player option? Yeah, how does how did he not get that player option on that last know. year? Well, I mean, Kyrie's not really a he, – he's gotten more superstarish as the contract has played out. I don't, I don't think he was really that much of a superstar whenever he signed that contract. Well, but it's not even about being a superstar at that point in time. It's just the trends of contracts. When he, when his contract came up, that was the trend of, you know, three, four-year deal yeah. in that last year being either a team option or a player option. And you would think that he ain't going to get the no-trade clause, mm-hmm. so why doesn't he at least get the option of saying, hey, I want in but or I want out? Usually, usually that first extension after the rookie deal, like guys don't really put in – Player, except you know, a player options yeah. in there like Durant didn't. I don't know yeah, if Durant did it just because I don't know he wanted people to like him or whatever. Yeah. Um. But you know, Durant's contract was five years straight. You know, so I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I don't really blame his his agent for anything. But but yeah. So Twitter questions. You know, we had we have two guys that tweeted us, um, and one of them gave us a whole bunch of questions. So we're gonna go ahead and go over this, go through this, and. Kind of just uh, get 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 these all out the way. So, at B Ball Strategy. Uh, so, first question he sent me is, "What is the plan for if slash when Felton gets hurt?" And that's a very good question. Yeah, yeah. he's he's prone to injuries in his last few years. I guess. I mean, I haven't really looked at. I don't nothing, think he's nothing major. Nothing major, but he. He's definitely been in and out of lineups and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but, I, and I mean, he's 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 a he's an older guy. Yeah, I mean, he he's is. thirty one, thirty two years old. Um, so you know, he's not necessarily bound to get hurt, but he's bound to have you know maybe a couple games off here or there. Yeah. Um, so, what's the plan for if and when Felton sits out or gets hurt, whatever? Obviously, probably. Samaj Christian. I would, yeah, I would imagine that you're going to continue his growth and development. With that said, though, Samaj is likely going to be on a two-way contract. If they don't, you know, they currently have 15 contracts as it is. Samaj, if he gets picked up, if his if his option gets picked up, would be 16 guaranteed contracts, mm-hmm. and so you can only have 15 on a roster. Um, so, you know, you, you can do that and have a guy that you had as your backup point guard last year be the third stringer and be there in case Felton gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how this plays out. I don't know how it plays out with Singler. That's, I mean, that's, that's the guy that's that, you know, that's the domino, you know, yeah. once Singler moves, you can probably do a whole bunch of things, you know, not really a whole bunch of things, but you could probably pick up the option on, on Kristen and have him not be a two-way player, have him be a guaranteed contract on on the uh, on the roster. Yeah. Um, if you can't find a way to trade Singler, or if you don't stretch him, you know, wave him and stretch him this off season, you know, you're gonna have somebody that yes, he's a backup point guard. He was the backup point guard last year on the two-way contract. But if you remember, you can only have that guy come up for 45 days in the season mm-hmm. to play on the Thunder. The rest of the time, he has to play on the Blue. And he can't be on the playoff uh, roster. roster. Yeah. So I, I think the plans for if and when Felton gets hurt, you're looking at Samaj, and that's about it. I mean, unless they sign a third-string point guard, I don't really see anything out there. You know, as far as our point guards and our guards, we have Russell that can handle the ball. Abrinas can handle it. Eh, okay. 
Maybe Terrence Ferguson. Terrence Ferguson is a little bit loose with the dribble. Mm-hmm. But I don't really see anybody that can be a a point guard per se. Well, here's uh, here's a radical idea. Okay. Um, you have a point forward. And Paul George. And Paul George. Yeah. I mean, you're going to you're only going to ask him to do it in stretches, anyways. Mm-hmm. And those times that he's he's running the point, anyways, will probably be times where he's the main guy on the floor. Yeah. Like it's his time. So. Like Durant. Like I mean, Durant basically was the, was the second string point guard whenever yeah. he was in so there without why not, without Westbrook. Why not just have Paul George? Maybe. I mean, in a worst case scenario, mm-hmm. Paul George handles the ball. He's very concise with the basketball. Yeah. He. Uh, he can handle the ball. He can pass. He can make the right plays, and you know it's going to be his time anyway. So might as well just have Paul George run the run the point forward. You know, as as made famous by LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Here's a crazy option. So I, I know you watched a little bit of summer league, but I don't think like I I, I recorded the I was in, you know we I was in Houston during that time, um, but I recorded a lot of the games, and so I watched them. And one of the things that happened during summer league. Was they had Dakari Johnson bring up the ball? This big seven foot, two hundred and sixty pound, you know, lumbering center bringing up the ball. I don't know if that's something that you really want to do in an NBA game, but I, I know it's not going to happen. But that's yeah. that's my radical, radical idea. That's right a radical, there. radical idea. But it's not that far of a stretch. You have at time Carl Anthony Towns handling the ball, Anthony Davis handling the ball, yeah. Boogie Cousins pushing the ball. Oh yeah, you see I mean, that you've all got the time. these, you know, you've got these, these, these big seven footers now. Uh, ha- all have handles like mm-hmm. you know point guards, or or you know at least decent handles. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's not that. I mean, obviously, you don't want your seven footer out there, you know, setting the setting, the, calling the plays and, <laughs> and and running the game. But in in a pinch, I'm sure it could work. Yeah, no, it can't. But okay, <laughs> I mean, all he has to do is get the, the ball over the half court side. From there, you can run your offense. Yeah. All right. So, second question is three guard lineups. More good or no or depends. So I'm guessing he's asking number one, what is the three guard lineup going to be? So whenever we probably finish out games and things of that nature, uh, what's the three guard lineup or the three wing lineup going to be? And so, of course, your your point guard is going to be Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's okay. So let's say this. So if you're going big, let's say we're playing San Antonio, and or 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 let's say New Orleans, and they're going big. So you you obviously have to have probably Patterson and Adams out there, or right. Canner and Adams out there. Somebody you know you got you got to have bigs yeah, out two there. Two bigs. Um. So your three guard lineup for that it's probably going to be the starting lineup. It's probably going to be Westbrook. Robertson, George. George, yeah. Okay. Now, if we're, ready, if, if we're playing somebody like Houston, Golden State, let's say Houston. So your four is probably going to be George. Mm-hmm. You know, your five is going to be Adams or going to be – Cantor, depending on – Cantor or Grant, yeah. you know, one of them. Yeah, yeah, or Grant. And so your three-guard lineup is probably going to be Westbrook, would you say Robertson and Abrinas? I definitely would have Abrinas in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna have to be Robertson, especially if you're playing like a Houston or whatever, mm-hmm. because he's gonna be on James Harden. Yes. What about something? Because I, I saw this a lot of times in the Houston series. I'm not not a lot of times, but a couple times where they had Westbrook, Robertson, Abrinas, McDermott, and Grant out there. That just dep- that depends on the uh, the the. Um, 
the growth and development of Alex Sabrinas and or Doug McDermott. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I could definitely see small ball lineup. I could definitely see something like that out there. The only thing is, is if we had Paul George last year, Doug McDermott wouldn't be out there. No, probably not. That wouldn't be his spot. No. No, the, it the would four. be Abrinas and uh, McDermott would be swapping that position there. Yeah, the small ball four would definitely be Paul George. Yeah, um, and so you you always have to have. It just depends. Like if you're playing somebody like Houston, you got to have Robertson out there for defense. If you're playing somebody like Golden State, you got to have Robertson out there for defense. Um, but if you're playing, I don't know, Phoenix, you know, you could definitely try it out a line a lineup without maybe. Robertson. Yeah, you can do like an offensive line and a defensive yeah. line. Yeah. So, do, do I see this happening a lot? I, I do see it happening a lot because, you know, Paul George is that guy that can play three in regular lineups, four in a small ball lineup, and so you can bring in shooters, you can bring in other guys off the bench to kind of complement that and add more spacing and things of that nature. So, I think you're going to see a lot, a lot of that. I, I think we're going to the whole two big lineup. I think we're going to move away from that slightly. I think it's going to be select teams. Yeah, definitely. Select teams. You're, you know, you're going to have your San Antonio's. You're going to have your your New Orleans. You're going to have your, I don't know, Charlotte's maybe. Maybe Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. So, yeah, you, you're going to have that um, with those teams. And then basically the rest of the NBA is kind of trending towards, you know, what the Warriors are doing, what Houston's doing. Yeah. You know, and we're, but we're going in that same direction also. I also see us uh, taking advantage of the big man lineup on teams that maybe are trending towards the Golden State model but are, aren't there aren't yet there or yet. just missing a few pieces where we can just basically abuse them down there. Yeah. I think we also go to the big lineup as well. But I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be trotted out there as much as, as it has been in the past. I yeah. think I think with – Grant's versatility and Paul George's versatility. I think we're going to see a lot more of those guys mm-hmm. in the four-five position, or you know, you know, rotation of Adams and you know, starting lineup or whatever. Um, yeah. We're going to see more of you know, one big out there with a lot of a lot of vers- a lot of role players. And I mean, I I see situations where Patterson's your five. You know, Patterson's your five. George is your four, and then you're, you're trotting out. You know Westbrook, Abrinas, and McDermott, yeah. or um, or Robertson. You know, I, I, there's so much versatility on or this you team. Can, you can move Jeremy Grant to the four and move uh, George to the three. Yeah, there, I mean, there's, there's I mean, this. If Billy Donovan is a mad scientist, this is going to be the year that he gets to experiment and gets to kind of tinker yeah tinker a lot especially in the you know in, in, he's in got the regular a lot, season he's got a lot of new toys oh yeah definitely um so that's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun to see those small ball lineups and just those those weird lineups uh, that he can put out there um so question number three so are we open to a deadline to deadline trades of abrinas mcdermott grant or more uh for a better vet in my opinion, it kind of depends on who that veteran is. I mean, vet, when you say vet, I mean, are you talking about somebody like LeBron, somebody like Carmelo, or are you talking about somebody like, I don't know, ad, you know, average eight-year starter in the NBA right. who has a specific skill that we like? Uh, I'm open to trading McDermott. I'm open to possibly trading Grant. Um, but Abrinas... He's I not think, untouchable. Yeah, but I think he's I think he's going to be protected. Yeah, he's, he's he's not untouchable, but unless you're getting back one of those names. Ray Allen. 
yeah. in his prime, you know, or, or like a Ray Allen when he went to yeah. Boston. Unless you're getting like back that. Chris Middleton yeah. or something like that, you want to keep Abrinas. Abrinas brings so much to this team. He's, you know, he's he was a rookie last year, and this is a rookie. I, mean, I know he's not a rookie per se, as far as oh, you know, this is his first time playing professional basketball because he played a lot in Spain, played a lot in. And he in played the on the national team, and, yeah, uh, national team, and, he, and he, this is basically what he did, but. To come in here and come into a new league, come into a new country, come into a new situation, and play like he did last year. He played great. I mean, he played good for a rookie. Um, he was not afraid of the moment. He would shoot those shots. There were some sometimes at the you know at late in the fourth quarters where he'd hit that corner three. Yeah, um, he he definitely found his stride as the season moved on. Yeah. So uh, one year under the belt, coming into the second season probably going to be a lot more space on the floor i you know i just see big things coming for yeah, him i also think that um and his cancer is probably more of a realistic option on this list yeah like cancer and grant cancer mcdermott well yeah you got to have because i mean if you're gonna if you're bringing in a big a big money free agent or a big money veteran you gotta he's gonna be your big money not just that i think he's that you your flip he's also your best trade bait right now yeah yeah he is i mean he's He's basically expendable. Basically, yeah. that's that's why that's what makes him a luxury to have. A luxury him. to have. You know, like I said last season, he was a necessity. This year, he's back to being a luxury. And you can get rid of luxuries. You know, you can struggle a little bit and get rid of luxuries, adjust, and eventually come out better. You know, on the other end. Um, another name that I would add to that list is Terrence Ferguson. You know, if somebody somebody's looking for a young wing, a young guy that could shoot it a young guy that they might say hey it, include him in a package and we'll give you yeah he's still relatively that you he's want. still relatively unknown that um it's not gonna hurt per se if we we go ahead and get rid of him yeah so so yeah i, I would definitely protect abrinus a little bit more unless you're getting a big time name but mcdermott he's coming up on extension grant's coming up on an extension and those guys are still young. Those guys, you know, are still able to give a team something that they want to include their youth. And so if, if trading them gets you something that you need right now to win right now, I think you do it. I think you go ahead and pull the trigger. Um, but if it's, you know, Abrinas, I w- I'm not trading Abrinas unless you're bring, bringing in a bigger name. Mm-hmm. Um, so question number four, what numbers are enough for Steven Adams this season? I think 10 and 10. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think probably thirteen and nine would probably be good yeah. for him. I mean, he started trending a little bit more as far as scoring last year because he had to. Uh, his rebound numbers went down, but I think that was by design to allow Westbrook to go ahead and grab more rebounds, start the breaks, yeah. uh, things of like that. I think this year you'll probably see him grab you know about nine rebounds a game. I think the whole you know, Westbrook grab every rebound that you can on the defensive end and start yeah, the break. Yeah. I think that kind of gets muted a little bit this not, year not because just, you have better players. Yeah, not just that. I think the the, the spacing on the floor mm-hmm. is going to allow him to, to grab more rebounds. Yeah. That's why I also think that, you know, 10 is an easy number for him because those pick and rolls are going to be open for him. Yeah, and I mean, this is, yeah, so the spacing on, on the offensive end, less bodies in the paint, yeah, less bodies around him. He's able to overpower most of the centers in the NBA. And so I could see him grabbing, you know, 
a lion's share of offensive rebounds yeah. for the team. Um, number five, what is PG's favorite spot on the floor, and will he get it enough? Um, I think Paul George's favorite spot on the floor is anywhere he wants to be. That's how good of a player he is. Yeah. I think uh, watching him in Indiana, watching him on the USA basketball team, uh, kind of much like Melo, he likes that like elbow position right yeah. there, right by the free throw line off to either side, mm-hmm. and at least to start off with, and then from there he can move wherever. You mean like Durant, whenever he used to post up? Well... Yeah. You know, at the end of the yeah. at the end of the free throw line, and, and then back the dude down exactly yeah. right there on either corner of the free throw line. So we're mm-hmm. talking about what like fifteen to seventeen foot. Yeah. So right in the fifteen to seventeen foot, I think that's where he'll like to start, and then from there he just goes to wherever he's comfortable with. Yeah, but he's I mean, Paul George is a five tool player. Yeah, you know, so he can play. You know, he can grab the ball. You put him on the floor and he'll shoot it and he'll shoot it from anywhere and he can make it. You know, yeah. he can three point. You're talking about mid range. You're talking about driving to the basket. You're trying. You know, you're talking about. You know, the the guy can shoot it. The guy can play. Yeah. So fast breaks, dunks. Will he get it enough? That all depends on Westbrook. I think Westbrook is in 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 a in a mindset that this is my guy now. Paul George is my guy. You know, I, I don't know what they're thinking about the future or whatever. Right. We're gonna write know. it out for the season. Yeah, at but least. this is my guy. I want to yeah. go ahead and succeed as much as I can. I'm gonna give him as many as much opportunities to succeed as I can. And I think Paul George will get it. You know, more than he needs to. He'll he'll be good to go. Um, so, question number six: minutes for Dakari, Dakari Johnson. Uh, <laughs> Depends on how bad we're beating a team. <laughs> Hardly none, I, I think. Um, I think uh, Dakari goes the way of uh, of Josh Hustis, and he gets a couple games in, and at the end of fourth quarters, and maybe at the end of the season, he gets to maybe start a game here or there. But um, as long as we have Ennis and Steven, Patrick Patterson, I think Dakari's going to see his most minutes in the preseason, and then at the end of the year, if we have solidified a good enough playoffs position so speaking of houston does houston get more time on the court man considering he, how not not only does easy versatile but jeremy grant is versatile mm-hmm. we got patrick patterson we got paul george like where does his minutes come from like like heading into last season not just this season heading into last season i looked at houston and i saw how he played those couple of games the previous year and, and i was like man this guy this guy can be a small ball four you know he can shoot it he's athletic a lot like Jeremy Grant, he can block a lot of shots. You know, he's as far as switching, he's very switchy on defense. You know, you can put him in different positions. Why he hasn't played, I don't know. Why you constantly have Kyle Singler out there in those moments that you have Kyle Singler? I don't put Houston out there. I mean, Houston has shown that number one, he can hit the three, especially if it's open. He's a lot, you know, as far as defensively, he's. I guess on he's par. Average, yeah. He's on par with Kyle Singler, but he's a little bit more athletic, so I think he can recover a little bit better. I don't know why they don't give this guy a chance. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Like Fred Katz, you know, he's 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 real good friends with Fred Katz. You know, they have this thing, this Twitter war thing going on. It's hilarious. Um, but they talk about like like nuances of the game, pick and roll defense, things like that. And I guess. A veteran like Kyle Singh was a little bit better at those, maybe calling those out, maybe seeing them forecasting before they they happen. And he's just, I don't, for some reason, maybe hasn't gotten there, or maybe the team doesn't trust him in those in those situations. 
he's so much better than Kyle Singler. I'm sorry to tell is, you that. Is there any way to merge like Kyle Singler and Josh Hustis into one NBA player? Well, they're always hanging out together, so maybe somehow <laughs> they're trying to do that. I mean, every time you see them out with the team, they're together. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're friends. They're yeah. they're really close. But like, can we like merge them two together? Sure. Can we get like a Josh Singler or a Kyle Hustis. <laughs> yeah. No, let's not do that. <laughs> That's uh, it. Just sounds like too much money on the roster, right there. If you do that, <laughs> <laughs> and then he had, and so B ball strategy had one more question. Um, so are the rum, rumblings actively open for fan posts and tweets? So what he's talking about is on my website. You know, now that's thunderbasketball dot com. Um, I have a a daily thing on on weekdays where I post basically Thunder news. So things out there that are Thunder news. So. You know, if it comes, it usually comes from you know News OK, the Norman Transcript. Uh, sometimes comes from you know Thunder-related websites like Daily Thunder, uh, Welcome to Loud City, Thunderous Intention, things of that nature. And so I put those out there, especially if they're very interesting, especially if they're very informative. Um, and that's what I do every day. So from Monday to Friday, you're always you know you're usually going to see a Daily Thunder rumblings um, for that day every morning. Um, but I, I don't normally include fan posts and fan tweets. You know, fans are great, but they can also be a little bit over the top and things of that nature. So I usually stick with informative. I usually stick with, you know, more of the professional stuff than including fan posts and things of that nature. I may sometimes include a player's tweet or a a coach's tweet or whatever, uh, but I don't usually include anything fan-related on there. So, um, So that's that question. So... We have another Twitter question from OKC Obstinacy. Um, our boy OKC Obstinacy back with the uh, with the question game. Um, so number one, did you see KD's response to the Oklahoma teacher syllabus? Thoughts. So apparently, uh, this teacher he released a uh, a syllabus that had a you know don't be like Kevin Durant, be more like Michael Jordan, um, and so. Are you, are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm looking it up. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and read what, what uh what this teacher wrote on his uh syllabus in regards to uh to Durant and to Jordan. And then I'm going to go ahead and give you my thoughts cuz number 1, um I'm also a teacher. I'm a high school teacher, so I'm, you know, I release syllabi and things like that all the time to my classes, especially at the beginning of the year. Um but I would never necessarily put anything on there like that you know and i understand it's a teacher supposed to be you know supposed to be different supposed to be with the times maybe pop pop culture um but but yeah i don't i don't really yeah i think he was that. trying to 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 reach his students yeah oh definitely um, especially using, he's, a, he's an oklahoma teacher yeah so. using this generation but i probably not the best way to go about it no it's not and and here's so so he, you want me to read it? I got it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Says, so so he said, "Don't be like Kevin Durant." So he said, "KD left for the left the Oklahoma City Thunder last summer after failing to the Golden falling to the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Following the end of the season, he decided it was in his best interest to join the very same team that had just knocked him out of the playoffs. Don't be like KD. Don't take the easy way out. Things like cheating, plagiarizing, and copying your friends' homeworks." May not seem like a big deal now, but they are building habits that can simply significantly hinder your life in your life in later life. 
Additionally, always strive to finish what you've started. Half finished homework is unfinished homework. Don't try to turn in an assignment if you haven't done what is necessary and expected. So, bas- so basically, he said everything that we said about Durant last year. He said it in a in a syllabus, and then so the, the Jordan part. So what did he, he say said, about Jordan? Do be a Michael Jordan, MJ, the goat, six championships, four MVPs, yada yada. The greatest thing this man ever did, saving the Looney Tunes from a lifetime of servitude to an alien race. Did <laughs> did MJ take the easy way out? Did he ever back down from a challenge? No. Be like Mike. Learning a new language is a challenging thing, and part of this year, part of this year, you are going to be. All right, so, so here's my thing. So, you know, in, in my the first couple of years of every school year, I usually have what's called an interest inventory, and I ask kids about, you know, who's their hero and so on, you know, and why and so on and so forth. And then at the end of them, you know, turning this paper in and giving it to me, um, I usually go ahead and read it to them, you know, using my answers, so they get to know me a little bit better. And so, you know, one of the questions is, who's your hero and why? And so I always tell them when I was their age. My hero was Michael Jordan, you know, the greatest player, you know, basically what he said, yada, 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 you know. And whenever you're young, you look at a superstar, you look at an actor, you look at a musician, and you look at their accomplishments, and you look at what they're doing, you're like, man, I want to be just like that. As you get older, and especially in this internet age where 24-7 you can know somebody's life, basically, especially if you're famous. You know, the the, the guy, what's his name, uh, was it Alan from, from Target? Became an internet sensation. Some dude that just happened to be bagging. Somebody posted it and it just uh-huh. blew up. You know, this twenty four seven. They go viral. You all learn the time. individual people who are, you know, the damn. What was it? Damn Daniel, the dude who wore white canvases and just had a guy following uh, him around. Yeah. It was like, damn, damn Daniel. Yeah. Like, you know, regular dudes. You just know because you know it's available on the internet. Yeah. So, so I, I always tell him that Michael Jordan used to be my hero. Uh, when I was growing up, so, you know, I loved basketball and I wanted to be Michael Jordan of my team and so on and so forth, even though I never grew up to be past five foot nine. Um, but I, I tell him that. But then I also tell him that as I grew older, I kind of saw Michael Jordan for the person he is. And so, you know, the gambling addict, the guy that may have cheated on his spouse a couple times, uh, the guy that was a megalomaniac. I mean, I love Michael Jordan as far as seeing him play a game, but at the same time, I know that. He made his teammates' lives a lot of times living hells, you know. So I see that part of it, and so I always go back and I tell him, "Look, you know, the definition of hero sometimes changes as you get older." Mm-hmm. And so my definition definitely changed, and I always look at, you know, who helped me, who, and so you know, my parents are my heroes. So, but I, you know, just looking at that and just seeing that he said, "Be like Jordan instead of Durant," <laughs> you know, sometimes. He, <laughs> I get the message he's trying to convey, right? But just get over it, man. Yeah, just I, get over it. Just, I, just you know, if if you want to show how imaginative you are, use something else. Yeah, just get over it's it. It's kind of a, uh, it's kind of you know, cheap material now to to, to knock on KD. It kind of is. Yeah. yeah, I I understand what he's trying to say. By the way, the greatest line in the syllabus is saving the Looney Tunes from a lifetime <laughs> of servitude to an alien race. Was the greatest thing. I mean, he ever if, did. if he really wanted to compare things, he could have just said Thunderstruck versus Space Jam, and it's over right there. <laughs> Space Jam, hundred percent, all day, every day. I, I get what he's trying to do. It's kind of cheap material. It's kind of used up. Yeah, like it we're is. over it's it. Uh, but it's probably not the best way you want to go about doing that. 
No, I mean, and, it, and you know, Kevin Durant's was, response was, um, uh, this dude should be. Uh, his response was basically, this dude needs to shut up and he should be fired. Yeah, and so I, I sent out a tweet when he said that. So you know, so okay, so context. So before that, he sent out a tweet that said, or he basically put a statement out that said he would not be participating in the White House visit uh, whenever it came time to it because. Donald he Trump. Yeah, he, doesn't he doesn't agree with Donald, with Donald. Yeah, Trump. he doesn't. He doesn't mess with. Or he used. He used a different word. He used right? a different word. But yeah, this is a family he friendly podcast. He, he doesn't mess with Donald Trump. Um, but then he released that tweet that said this guy should be fired. That's from Donald Trump's uh, handbook right there. That's from his. You know, that's from his playbook right there. I said, whoa. You know, I sent out a tweet. I said, whoa, slow down, Donald Trump. I mean, this guy. You know, don't don't be don't be trying to kill him just because he put this out. I mean, and, yeah, I, and, I think he could have handled that better. Yeah, he could have. Yeah, and this guy should be fired. Really? Come on, man. I mean, yeah, I, he's a teacher. He's I, making he's making thirty five thousand dollars a year. His his best retort should have been something satirical or something why, comical. Why doesn't Why doesn't Durant just do scoreboard? Just say. Just show a picture of him with the championship trophy. Exactly, yeah. And just say, hey. Or just, like, put the picture your life. of the cupcake with the ring on there. Yeah. Exactly. What something comical, something satirical, and that would have that been fine. Like, like as much as I like to say to Oklahomans and to, like, a teacher like that, you know, to that guy, get over it. Conversely, Durant, get over it. You're okay. You won your championship. You won your finals MVP. It's over, man. Hey, it's water under the bridge now. You're, you're, you're living the high life right now. You, yeah, you're doing you, and we're doing us. I mean, we're, you know, Westbrook, MVP, Paul George, let's get the season started. You do you. You don't have to respond to every Twitter troll or every story that you feel brings you down because it makes you look petty. It makes you look like, oh, I got my championship now, so I can go ahead and talk, you know, talk mm-hmm, crap. Mm-hmm. No, man, just it makes you look petty. You get over it. Oklahomans, let's get over it. He did what he did. He got his championship, and let's just call it. You know, yeah, bygones be bygones. Let's just go. At this point in time, it should be water under the bridge. Oh my goodness, yes. And don't get me wrong, I don't like the guy that much. But hey, it is what it is. I mean, it is what it is. You know, he 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 decided that was in the best interest of Kevin Durant and his business to take his talents to Golden State. You know, I was salty for a while, but uh, yeah, I'm over it. It is what it is. He got his ring. Congratulations to him. Yeah. But, you know. Let's all move he, on. He still didn't save the alien race. <laughs> he didn't. He put out a horrible movie. <laughs> which, which my okay, so my sister, I was hanging out with my sister today, and, you know, she has the time hop thing on her Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so was it six years ago, she five said? Years or five, ago. five years ago. We attended the Thunderstruck premiere in at the Harkins in at the Harkin, yeah, at Bricktown. We were all suited up. You know, people were mistaking us for security. <laughs> um, but yeah, that w- that was fun. The movie was horrible, but it was a great experience to be on the red carpet uh, with Duran and when some of the with Scott Brooks and, and you know Switzer was there, and it was awesome. Um, but Space Jam all the way, baby, Space Jam. Um, so again, like I said. Moving on from this, those are my Twitter questions, guys. Thank you very much. Keep you know keep them coming. Um, I hope you know I hope we answer them uh, enough for you guys. Uh, but just keep those questions coming, and we'll go ahead and uh, put them on the podcast and answer them as best we can. Yeah, they keep us on our toes. We they, they do. Those. They really do. Um, so again, like I said, very slow week in the NBA. Also, not just the Thunder, but also the NBA um, as a whole. So I wanted to move on and kind of do a uh, the south southeast division preview yeah, so we're gonna break down the league again uh-huh. so we're i mean so we're looking at southeast division uh we're looking at atlanta 
Orlando, Miami, Washington, and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go ahead and start with same format as last All week. Right. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you who's come, who's gone, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give you their predicted win totals, and then you you tell me what you like. Okay, so we'll start with Atlanta. Atlanta signed Luke Babbitt to a one-year deal. They waived Diamond Stone. They re-signed Mike Muscala. They waived Jamal Crawford after buying him out, and they signed forward John Collins. They traded Ryan Kelly, and they also traded Dwight Howard. And in return, they got Mason Plumlee and Marco Bellinelli, um, and they're predicted to win 27 wins. I think that's the worst in the NBA this year. Yeah, that sounds like a lineup that's going to win about 27 games. That's <laughs> That's pretty – as you know, you go from two years ago having, you know, Millsap and Horford and um, who else was there? Uh, you know, Tabo Cephalosha. Cephalosha, and, yeah. You have all those guys there, Jeff Teague, and you know, a, Schroeder, a young, I think a, a young a Dennis Schroeder, and yeah, that that team has. I mean, <laughs> I think it's by design. I think they they realize, okay, so yeah, they're rebuilding. You know, we're not going to go anywhere now, so let's just go ahead and be the worst that we can, and so. Yeah, hey, uh, twenty-seven wins. That's about all I got to say about them. You're good with twenty-seven wins. I'm good about yeah. I'm good all with right, them about twenty-seven uh, wins. Let's move to the next team and let's move to Miami. So Miami uh, assigned Udonis Haslam to a one-year deal. They re-signed Dion Waiters. They mm-hmm. signed James Johnson to a four-year contract. They signed Kelly Olynyk to a four-year contract. They traded Josh McRoberts um, for AJ Hammonds. Uh, to, they traded Josh McRoberts to Dallas for AJ Hammonds. Mm. Uh, obviously, they finally waived Chris Bosh, and they named Shane Battier director of basketball development. So he's no longer on the roster; he's on the staff. So, so and they're predicted they're predicted to win forty two point three wins. So Miami was a little bit weird last season. So they started off real bad, and then second half of the season they were basically one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, they just clicked somewhere around All Star Weekend. I, I think wasn't it. Then they start off ten and thirty one, and then they went thirty one and ten the second half of the season, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, so they basically they got the the rookie Bam Adebayo, uh, who's you know probably probably going to be somebody like Udonis Haslam, you know, as far as but you know a lot younger and a lot more athletic. Uh, they got Kelly Olynyk. Um, I, I think you you add those guys to the team, and I think this team. Goes from maybe forty one. What's the predicted win total? Forty two point three. Forty two point three. I think they go from from probably they go about forty three, forty four games. I think. I think. I mean, I I think they're good. They, I know they signed, re-signed Dion Waiters. So in my book, that gives them about forty wins because I love Dion. <laughs> you know, Waiters Island forever. They got uh, you do, uh, Hassan Whiteside who got his deal last year. Yeah, yeah. Hassan's gonna be there, and so you know, so you're looking at Justice Winslow maybe getting better. You're looking at. You know Tyler Johnson, Josh Richardson, um, getting better. Goran Dragic, you know, basically being the orchestrator of all those parts. I think McRoberts uh, is a nice pickup for them for their bench. Yeah, I think he is. I think Olenek is a good pickup for them as far as being a, a spacing big. You know, right next to Hassan Whiteside, that's going to be great. Yeah, that's that's not a bad. You know, you're literally you're literally opening up a a pretty good pick and roll tandem with. Either Waiters and and uh, Whiteside or um, Dragic and Whiteside. Yeah. Um, so I see this team kind of going up to about forty four wins, but they don't have that superstar that can. Although Dion is close. Although uh, 
to be fair, uh, he uh, he did. Dion Waiters did put it out there mm. um, to if Kyrie was coming down to Miami, let yeah. him know that there is an alpha already there. Yeah, I saw that. So that's so you know, Dion. So hello, that guy. It is what it is. <laughs> so moving on, we're gonna go to Orlando Magic's. Oh, Orlando! Uh, they signed Aaron Aflalo. They signed Kem Birch. Uh-huh. They signed Wesley Uwandu. Um and. They named Jeff Weltman president of basketball operations. And they fired their general manager and signed John Hammond to their general manager. And they're predicted to win 32.3 wins. Yeah, I mean, Orlando is uh, Orlando is that hamster that just keeps on spinning the wheel. You know, I, I see them. Jonathan Simmons was a great pickup for them. And like I said, he, all, he probably already has more heart than anybody on that team. That's um, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, so Simmons from yeah, San Antonio, Antonio. Signed with Orlando. That's right. You know, Aaron Gordon, it's put it all together, man. Mar- Mario Hazonia has not translated into the NBA. Alfred Payton. He's know, up and down. He's up and down. But the thing is, he's he's up and down, but he can't hit a three-pointer consistently. And that's any point guard in the league. You have to be able to hit point. You got. You got. You have to be able to hit three pointers consistently. You know Westbrook. As if Westbrook was shooting twenty five percent from three, he would not be the player he is now. You have to be able. Even if you're hitting it at a thirty two percent clip, that's good. That's okay. You're hitting it at twenty five, twenty seven, twenty eight. You're gonna be. Not necessarily out of the league, but you're going to be out of the rotation. You're, yeah, your your team is not going to be very successful, very efficient if you're in there, especially if you're a point guard. And that's Peyton's problem. Peyton is a good player, good defender, um, good playmaker, big point guard can grab rebounds. But man, you can't hit that shot. You become less efficient, and your team becomes less efficient. Um, so I think 33 wins. Once again, they're spinning the you know they're the hamster in the wheel. Going around and around, they're they're probably going to be about thirty three wins. Okay, so we're moving on to the Washington Wizards. So the Wizards obviously re-signed John Wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, they signed Devin Robinson to a two way contract. They signed Jody Meeks. They signed Mike Scott. They signed Mike Young to a two way contract. And they also agreed to um, the rights to a G League franchise starting two thousand eighteen two thousand nineteen. Oh, okay, really? Uh huh. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that affects their win loss total too much. <laughs> They're projected at forty seven point five. Yeah, I mean, I like the moves that they made for their bench. You know, so bringing in Tim Frazier, bringing in Jody Meeks, even Devin Robinson. Devin Robinson is is the guy. I believe he's out of um, Florida. Athletic wing probably has a lot of issues with shooting, but kind of reminds me of Andre Robertson a little bit. Um, he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to play a lot. He's probably going to play a lot on that on that G League team. Um, but I, you know, they were a good team last year, and you added a good backup point guard. You added a good, you know, shooter off the bench in Meeks. You know, if he, it, hopefully he stays healthy with his uh, his foot issues that he's had the, the last couple seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, Tim Frazier is probably better than Trey Burke, probably better than Brandon Jennings. Um, I, I think so. It was forty seven. Forty-seven and a half. I put them at forty-nine. I think they're going to be pretty good. I think, I think they learned a lot under Scott Brooks. I think they learned how to win a little bit more as far as close game situations. I think John Wall is ready to explode and be a top five point guard in the league. Uh, Bradley Beal 
if he's able to stay healthy like he was last season, I think he's going to duplicate or maybe build upon that year that he had last season. Yeah, it's good to see that they've moved past their differences and seem to get on the same page. Because I, I, mean, I, I think they play better together than they do against each other. Yeah. I uh, think Otto Porter, you know, he got his contract. He signed. Um, I think it's going to be a good team. I, I, I think about 49 wins. And like I, like I said before, I think in the previous podcast, Washington, the Washington Wizards are that team that if Boston or Cleveland slips a little bit, they could jump into that either number two spot or they can beat them in the second round of the playoffs and get into the Western, you know, Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Finals. Um, so I think they are uh, they're a dark horse in the East because LeBron's still there because Boston has gotten so much better. But I think if the, if everything falls right for them, they could actually you know, jump all the way up to the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe even to the finals. All right, so the last team in this division is the Charlotte Hornets. Um, they signed Malik Monk. Mm-hmm. They signed Marcus Page and Magok Mithiang. Hey, this is a this is a this is a family friendly show. <laughs> hey, I'm just reading. I'm assuming he <laughs> is um, an Asian player to a two way contract. So that's pretty much it. So racist. I mean, <laughs> his, I mean, his name is Magok. M a n g o k. He could be African. I mean, it, I, it's true, but I highly doubt it. You know what? I'm. I'm I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look him up. So, look at, yeah, so look him 40, up while I'm doing this. Forty four point one is um forty four point one is the projected win total. Man, the the Hornets are are so hard to read. They're, I mean, it's it's like you just I, you just don't know. You don't know what the Dwight Howard deal did. You don't know what you know Kemba Walker. You don't know if my, Michael Kidd Gris, Gilchrist is going to be completely healthy. Um. I don't know. I, you know, Kaminsky's pretty good. Batum is a year older. You know, he's not as young as he used to be. Uh, Jeremy Lamb is inconsistent. Marvin Williams is another year older, even though he played well last season. Cody Zeller, forty-four wins. I'm gonna go forty-one. Forty-one. So you think they win less than projected? I think they. I. I. I don't think Dwight Howard has as much of an effect as he used to have in the league. I think defensively he's slipping, and I think with the with the way the game is trending, you know, Dwight Howard is is going to be that center that stays in there and clogs up the paint. And I don't think they have enough consistent shooters to be considered, you know, to have to have a situation where you have a clogger in the middle, mm-hmm. and then you have a whole bunch of space because you have good shooters, consistent shooters. Um, so, so yeah, you know, they they got Michael Kid, Michael Carter Williams. Again, another point guard that can't shoot. Um, they got. Let me see. Oh, they got Malik Monk. He yeah, can they shoot. signed Malik Monk. Yeah, yeah, he can shoot. I mean, we'll see how he does. I mean, he might be the guy that maybe takes over for Kemba Walker whenever Kemba Walker wants to be traded. The one-two punch. Well, I mean, either either one-two punch for now, but you know how the NBA is. You yeah. know, if you got a player that's real good and he's not in a winning situation. Yeah, he's gonna to want to be traded. Yeah. By the way, you were half right. So he is South Sudanese and Australian. Wow. I told you. Yeah, thinking he's Asian. Well, I mean, you know, I took a shot in the dark. It was either one of two places. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He played for Louisville University uh, during their 2012-2013 championship oh, year. So he's so he's been kind of out of the league. And so he was one of those ones that was recruited. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. There we go. So yeah. So I mean. Charlotte is just—it's—they're uh, kind of in the same situation as Orlando, but they're better. 
Uh, but they're you know they're not going to make any great strides this season, and it, it's hard to it's hard to get better in this league without being completely bad, and that's that's their problem. You know, it's Michael Jordan has this edict that he he doesn't want to go ahead and just be bad, for just a few be years. bad for a couple of years. No, he wants to be mediocre, and the problem with mediocrity in the NBA is that you get mediocre draft picks. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to build from there, especially with only two rounds. It's not like you're. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's you know what? If you if you just be if you're just going to be bad for, if, go ahead and be bad for a couple seasons, and hit on your draft picks, and you'll be back to being, yeah, good, good to great in no time. Um, but if you mess around and you keep on being mediocre and you get mediocre draft picks, and those guys that you have on your team don't necessarily become superstars, it's hard. It's hard to to get better in this league, you know. So that's about all I have. That's, that's about it. all we have for this so week. We're going to hit the uh, Central Division next podcast. Yeah, so we're going to look at Chicago and so Indiana. Cle- Cleveland, Cleveland, Chicago, Milwaukee, Indiana, Detroit. Yeah, so so we'll have some fun with those because yeah. those, there's a lot of uh, a lot of player movement in those. So, so, yeah, but in the meantime, make sure you check out the website. Now that's ThunderBasketball.com. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter. Um, so I'm at uh, Alex Roig underscore NTTB. Roig is R-O-I-G. And my co-host here. I'm at Montero, M-O-N-T-E-R-O underscore A-13. Uh, go ahead. That's Montero underscore A-13. Yeah, so go ahead and get those questions into us. I usually ask it around Wednesday um, to get those questions in. Uh, but OKC Obstinacy and uh, B-Ball Strategy, thank you very much for those questions. Uh, Make sure you hit us up on iTunes. Look for us. uh, Go ahead and give us a five-star review. And make sure you check out the uh, Crossover uh, Radio. It's an app. has real good content on there. Um, Content with a a purpose. Um, So make sure you check them out. But other than that, we'll go ahead and see you next week. See you next week. All right.